a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm really excited about today's interview. Um, I have a chance to reintroduce to you Dr. Susan Madsen. She is a professor of leadership and ethics at Utah Valley University in the Organizational Leadership Department. Is yes. that right? Yes. But I think where, where you became my heroine, my hero, is that you are the director of the Utah Women and Leadership Project. Yes. Which means that you are the ambassador, the encourager, the mentor of um, the ombudswoman for women in Utah to take a look at our influence in the state. I love that description. Thank you for You're that. You're welcome. Well, I love what you do. So for those who are unfamiliar, let's talk about the Utah Women and Leadership Project. Well, uh, people, I've been around doing work in the state for about 10 years. I started off uh, creating, at the request of the Commissioner of Higher Education, some efforts and research around getting more women to graduate, to go to college, stay in college and graduate, which, by the way, there's a direct connection with leadership, the education of women and leadership. And so I folded that work into the Women in Leadership Project here in Utah, which I started in 2013. And the goal of the project is to strengthen, I call it strengthen the impact of girls and, and women through education, through informing them, through helping raise their confidence, finding their voice, so that they can lead and influence in whatever ways they choose. And we do that through, we're kind of the hub of gender research in this state. We have lots of research, and we're going to talk about one of the studies we just released Just today. Just released. Yes. Yeah, Just a few days ago. Um, but we also do some events and also just collect and create resources that people can use in their homes in their churches, in their workplaces, and different things. You can so bring, let's we, say you work with groups of young women, yes. whether it's in a Girl Scout program or a church program, yes. whatever. You can bring those young women to many of your events so they Absolutely. can hear from mentors, women who are out there, either in nonprofits or for-profits or wherever their leadership role may be, and they can learn from them. And I think that is Absolutely. extraordinary. Absolutely. And, yeah. and a couple, uh, one of the events we had this spring semester I, you know, I'm in semesters and <laughs> is uh, we had about 800 people there and about 450 were junior high or high school girls. And it's wonderful for them to start thinking about going to college, graduating. But how can they influence and actually not how can they influence when they're older? How can they actually lead and influence right now from where they're at and how do they prepare so I love there's a lot in that. Oh, there's so much in there, and we've had so we have things on 
on just ideas how to do that, on confidence, on social media and the impacts of that, on body image. I bring in experts. Most of them have PhDs and are researchers, but they're also great presenters, too. Sometimes those two don't go together. (laughs) And I wasn't going to say so, but my husband's a professor as well. Luckily, he came from broadcast journalism, so he is a a great uh, presenter. The Utah Women in Leadership Project, um, the first time I met, it was the very first research report that you had published. And would that have been five years ago? That is, that was probably 2014, about four years ago. And at that point, may I just insert that it was um, like taking smoke glasses off. It was like taking the sunglasses off Mm -hmm. and getting a clear view of women, how we are doing in in so many different roles. That first one, did it did it uh, take a snapshot of women in politics, or what yeah, was the we first? Had, yeah, we actually in mm-hmm. two thousand and fourteen, I had had so many requests for data. So it, there's powerfulness in research. Not everything is about research, and and but knowing where we're at compared to the nation just gives us a sense of of what needs to happen. And it's really something that leads change. So about four years ago, we put out the first four briefs. One was the status of women in politics. So I think that's what we were And there were a few, and there still are a few. Actually, we've made some progress on that one. That's great. um, In certain areas. And Mm -hmm. we really, this year when we published, actually 2017, we did a three-year update of that and found, uh, really explored more into city councils and commissioners and different things and found some slight progress. So some good news there. Uh, the next one that we did was women in nonprofits, and that's the one area that we're strongly close to the national average. And it really rings true that setting for a lot of us here in Utah that love nurturing and serving and so forth. And then we did, um, which is interesting because there's some updates to this one, but we did in 2014 a brief on women in education. So that included both K through 12. So those are superintendents, principals, principals assistant mm-hmm. principals, uh, those kinds of things. Um, and and we put an update of that out and and just some slight and a few areas improvements except for our state board of education our state board of education actually um we're one of the highest in the nation now Uh, that's the one yeah we have a lot of people on that state board and then we did and and we published this in in the fall or now i'm forgetting i think it was in the fall um 2017 late fall uh, but then we did in that same brief higher education. So we did presidents, vice presidents, deans, and so forth. Um, so we did that initially, and then we did an update. And there's some areas we're slightly improved in. But as you know, if you've listened to the media, um, the president role has dramatically increased in the past year in Utah. I mean, we have eight institutions that are public and as of the announcement of the new UVU female president, four of eight are now female. And all at once. So and we have. They, it was all at once. And one thing that's so fascinating if you look at the eight institutions and the ones now that will have women, so USU, uh, University of Utah, UVU, and Salt Lake Community College, 
the ones with most of the students around the state. Highest population, it, right? It the is. largest so campuses. Isn't that interesting? And in our research, we throw in uh, the two largest not-for-profits, which are BYU and Westminster. Westminster has a female, new female president as well. It's a big congratulations. And so, I think that is so wonderful. that element we so, increase. But as we look at the article, before I do that, it's interesting because there are times where I'll learn from you. Uh, well, I always do. But, <laughs> but I'll share some of the facts or the statistics um, on social media. And it's interesting that I'll hear not just from men, but from women on occasion, why does it matter? Right. Yes. And I think it's important for us to understand. Um, and, and I don't want to, there's a lot of politicization. Can you want to give me the correct word? <laughs> I got it. Politicking. Yeah. Um, around the word feminism. Yes. And, and I want you just to put that on the shelf for a minute and, and set that aside because it's charged. It shouldn't be a charged word, but it is a charged word. You want me word to just now. tell you what yeah. it means? I actually have an article out there Please that talks do. about it. It's mm-hmm. in, it was written for an LDS audience uh, in the Square Two journal. But I, I named it my struggle with the term feminism. And actually, I don't struggle with it as much, but I wanted people to walk through. But I look through different definitions. And to me, and this is what I say to me, if you believe that women's voice should be heard, if you believe that women should be respected, if you believe for the same amount of time and education that women and men should be paid equal, then you're a feminist. But we don't use that word so much here in Utah. But just just wanted to because make it has note. been. I think people are aware that this has been a very divisive period in our yes. history, and not just the last three years. It's it's been charged for yeah. probably twenty years, and so we just have to be aware. Wait a minute, somebody has taken the meaning of that and somehow yes. soiled it, yes. and and that it's up to us to reclaim what yeah. that means for us. So I appreciate I wish that there definition. was a different word though that yeah. wasn't so. Yeah, um, women empowerment is is fantastic yes. for me. That's I like two it. words. We'll do that, <laughs> but. But again, you you boil it down. Why is it so important for us to value having women in leadership in all of these places, uh, legislative, um, educational institutions, nonprofits, corporations, wherever they may be? Well, there's a lot of research out there. And for people that are listening that are interested in in a lot more details than I'm going to mention in just a minute, um, our our website is utwomen.org. And and there's actually a brief from 2015 called, Why Do We Need More Women Leaders in Utah? And it really runs okay. through what we call the business case, but the ca- case for anything on, on why and what the research uh, says about it. So this is not initial research that I've done. I went out and collected all the information from hundreds of studies and put it out together in okay. a specific form on why it's important. So you take that, sometimes people just use, because it's equal, you know, Mm -hmm. but actually when you look at businesses or politics or whatever, uh, when women are on corporate boards or on your nonprofit boards or in top leadership teams, the conversations change. Things are different. In the corporate literature, most of the literature talks about companies actually making more money from that when women are in there. Men and women, we're a lot alike in a lot of ways, but we think differently. And anybody that's uh, been, uh, you know, I'm, me and my husband, we, we know. I mean, mm-hmm. we know. We, we, we think. And even your daughters mm-hmm. and sons, you see that sure. there's different things. So you look at those kinds of issues. But I love the, the research on problem solving. 
when a group and a company and an organization, and boy, do we need this in Utah in our state legislature. Absolutely. Um, Compromise. We need the most mm-hmm. innovative, problem-solving, innovative ideas, creativity. When groups, leadership groups work together, the research says that you do have more innovation. You have more creativity. You have more problem-solving. We, as women, ask different questions than men. Right. In fact, some of the research says that state legislatures who have more women actually move funding towards things that women tend to care more about. And those things are, you can guess probably, but education, Mm -hmm. um, health care, social programs, poverty, uh, funding for sexual assault and things like that. The states with more women's voices tend to do that. The states without tend to put more funding in, in uh, economic development. Things. Yes, That's important. roads. Mm-hmm. And it's important. But the problem is if you only have men or for that matter, if you only have women, right? You don't have a balance. You don't have the balance that society needs. And there are just hundreds of other things, but that's a little bit of the taste. Oh, one one other quick thing that you might find interesting is when you get, because I'm a, I teach business ethics. At Utah Valley University, yeah. if you've just joined us, this is Dr. Susan Madsen. She's the director of the Utah Women and Leadership Project and a professor as well. Yeah, in the Woodbury School of Business. Um, so the research actually says, and we know this already for years and years, that women tend to be more ethical, not every woman, mm-hmm. but women tend to be more ethical than men. But some of the latest research actually said that, says that when women do um, embezzle, they take less money than men, at least. <laughs> I don't know if that's complimentary or not. I don't know about that. (laughs) But it's interesting. But the research says that women will challenge ethical decisions. And and I must remind uh, listeners, and, and you've probably heard this as well, that the tipping point that we call is really about 30%. So one woman can make a difference. But a lot of times when there's one woman in a group, it, it matters how she was raised. I was raised with six brothers. So you can so hold your I'm own. So I'm okay sure. with that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of women, without knowing it, will talk about 75% less than men. Unless they have. Unless they're, okay. unless, unless there's other women in the room or unless, you know, they're aware of that. And women less men. will talk 75% less, which means less If there's less more input, men in the room. Less influence. So what, okay. yes, all mm-hmm. of that. So in general, you... It's not just let's put this one woman, mm-hmm. and sometimes that does help, but you have to think a little bit bigger than that. I love that. Um, For those who have joined us, I did introduce you again to Dr. Susan Madsen. Uh, we are um, exploring some of her ongoing work with women and leadership, the Utah Women and Leadership Project. We have about 10 minutes together where we're going to go through the latest research, the snapshot of where we're at now. And again, for more information, the webpage is Utah... UT. UT Women, yeah, Utah okay. Women, but utwomen.org, and that shifts you over to our page at UVU. So but it's a little bit easier to do that. URL. UTWomen.org. Where are we now? How are we doing with well, women the, and leadership? Well, the brief that just came out uh, this week is the status of women leaders in Utah business. So okay. this one really focuses on business. And this one is four years since our first brief. And and the interesting thing is, as I mentioned with the other ones, we've gone slightly up. There's been lots of efforts and there's great I, – I serve on boards, the boards of, of um, like Real Women Run and Envision Utah and different things. There's some good efforts around these kinds of things. But this one surprised me. 
So I ran the data on this one on a weekend at my home, in my home office. And what it comes down to is we've actually slightly decreased in this. The other things, we're making some progress, but we slightly decreased. So leadership, representation, women, so uh, are, there's few of us in the key positions yes. in business. And so what we look at in mm-hmm. this specific brief are women in CEO positions in the state, women in president positions, which sometimes are different mm-hmm. if, if we sure. found that. Women as general managers, for instance, if a company like Adobe or Walmart, their headquarters are someplace else, but who's in charge? And we have a female general manager here, Tanya yeah. Vea, so yeah. she would be our Yeah, that's what we look Mm -hmm. at. And then we also look at uh, corporate boards. Um, And all of these, of course, are for-profit businesses in this particular brief. So in those key positions, that's what we looked at. We took about a 1,000 companies that were 100 employees and above and really dug down into the details of those. Um, And we found a decrease, so just a very slight decrease in the CEO, uh, more in the president's. But in the general managers, that one was interesting because last time, four years ago, we were about 20% women. Okay. And this time we're 10% women. Ooh, that's so, one half yeah. of what we were before. Yeah. And uh, we went from about 14% of women on corporate boards to about 12 So, um, 12%. So, and we have other details, but just a slight decrease there. And by the way, we say on the first page of our brief that we put some census data out there. And and Rebecca, you know that we hit the bottom of the rankings for women in Utah a lot of times, and those are for four reasons. Uh, the wage gap, educational attainment, comp- Utah, you know, bachelor's a, a degrees. There's a larger gap yeah. between men and women and their educational. Uh, yeah, compared okay. women compared to the nation uh, specifically okay. and mm-hmm. what that looks like. Um, so the wage gap, uh, and then the women in... Uh, political leadership, specifically the legislature. But the last one is from the census data, and that one is women in management. So if in Utah, and we're 8% below the national average, which push us at the bottom of the nations. So if we are lower in women in management, that makes sense. We're lower lower in general management. Yes, and in other positions, top top positions. So the interesting thing that I um, had had speculated, I would say. I didn't have pure Mm -hmm. data for one of the reasons is in the last four years, we've had so many tech companies come in. They call us Little Silicon Slope or, you know, Silicon Valley. I Mm -hmm. I live right by, you know, the in Highland, Alpine area. But if you think about if that's been a real push in the companies that have come in, technology companies are primarily run by men. And many of the boards are total you know, across the board, all males. And if you trace it back, and I'll, I'll step back for just a bit, if you look at the number of women who pursue engineering technology uh, degrees, yeah. it, it's disproportionately more male than, well, than are doing it, even though we're doing STEM research. And I know Utah Valley yes. University is trying to encourage young girls in the high school to come and, and learn. But and our numbers are, mm-hmm. are still low. Okay. So the whole nation, we're below in STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, but in Utah, we're more exaggerated. We we are definitely much lower. Interestingly, I have to say this because I'm a business professor and I enjoy doing that. Across the nation, we're pretty close in terms of women 
in a bachelor's degrees in business and MBAs, but here in Utah, we're significantly lower even in business areas at the Woodbury School of Business. And we've been working on getting more female students for a long time. Uh, We're still only at 20% students are female when many other institutions in other states have 50-50. And so those are the highest paying jobs, right? When you get into those, and those are the ones that lead into technology, whether it's business or or whatever. So. Well, and we have about five minutes together. And and for those who've just joined us, we're talking about the latest research, a snapshot of women and uh, their influence and positions in leadership here in the state of Utah. The latest research uh, released by Dr. Susan Madsen about women in leadership and business here yes. in, the, in the state of Utah. Uh, um, there's something called quantitative research, and then there's qualitative. And qualitative kind of like takes the stories behind it. I can just look at my life qualitatively and say, I'm 53. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm half of a, of a century. You're younger than and, me. And when, I, <laughs> and when I started in school, the type of careers and goals we had, education, et cetera, are far different than what young women I meet now. They are seeing themselves differently rather than education or nursing, which was pretty much what Although, most of us were, but you're still seeing oh, that we absolutely. need to, disparity. So okay. there really is that. And okay. I, you, and Utah, more than the nation, mm-hmm. we have young women who in their aspirations, and this means they're socialized, your, their parents, counselors, you know, teachers. The people who impress them, the think, mentors in their life. Yeah. To think about the traditional female mm-hmm. Uh, areas even more than other states. So again, the education and I and, and I they're always, fantastic majors to have. We yeah. just need more majors in well, the other degree. Well, my pushback on mm-hmm. that is: Do young women truly have choice of a major if they don't even know the possibilities? That's my pushback. Is if they really think social work and all of these are wonderful areas. I was a junior high teacher initially, out of my bachelor's degrees, education. You know, some of the health degrees and. And we are incredibly high in terms of certificate around cosmetology in school in Utah and different things like that. But I would say, are we doing our job? If they don't even know that maybe technology would be their love and they have gifts, but they don't ever explore that, then do they have choice? Okay. So how do we expose them? Uh, I think we're doing the right things. We've just got to do more of it. Uh, Expand your horizons. There's a number of those conferences around the state, which really, it depends on the conference. Look at like fifth, sixth graders to eighth graders. And then SheTechs, which is part of the Utah uh, Tech Women's Tech Council, um, does the SheTechs, which they get 1,000, 2,000 young women to UVU. So there's efforts to do that. And some of us like the events that I run and host at UVU with my team, we're getting people in the door. We're starting those conversations. But there's a lot more work to do with teens and girls. But I would say, and we do so much of our work for influencers, so that church leaders or youth leaders, uh, school, school teachers, you know, parents, they know the powerfulness of their voice, their powerfulness of their example, how they can transform just by even small words and suggesting. Like if I suggested to you, you know, you if you were one of my students, you know, you're such a good thinker in this. You should think about going into this area. Those small, I call them taps, you know. And that's um, the research you shared with me a couple of years ago that men will look, most men, I've got, 
generalizations based on research yes. <laughs> will apply for jobs they yes. may not be qualified for because they 50 to 60 right? if they're 50 to 60 percent if they feel like they have the qualifications they'll run for office they'll they'll put in for a promotion they'll apply for a new job they're going to take that leap they're going to take yeah. that risk they're close enough is what they say but women when they have similar mm-hmm. skills they don't do it it's unless 90 some, to 100 percent they only take the leap it's, so then you don't wow. get as many women in the pool mm-hmm Unless as somebody gonna, taps, unless yeah. the tap, and that just means, and one person makes a difference, but two is kind of a magic number. At least two people, if they tap you and say, "Hey, you know, you're you've been on the planning commission of the city for a long time. You should run for city council. Um, Suggest you know this stuff. You and you show confidence in them. So it's just planting the idea, and they." And it's not that we're not as smart. It's not that we're not as capable. As comp- I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nothing related to that. It's just the confidence. And that's a whole conversation for another day. <laughs> Which we'll bring you back on. Yeah. Right, there's a lot here. And I think that all of us, and, and, and you made the point before we started the um, interview, that to bring up the status of women leaders in Utah, it takes a commitment from men and from women. Yes. It takes a commitment from young men and young women. It takes a commitment from every layer because this is what improves the innovation, the creativity, and the quality of life for all of us. So this is not just for women. This Absolutely. is for all of us. And to go and get more of that research, you gave us a website. It's utahwomen.org. But before I it's let UT, you go. not the whole. Darn it. Utwomen. I meant that. Dot or <laughs> utwomen.org. The next research will be released because this was looking at business. What's the next snapshot you'll be releasing? We actually have two snapshots planned for later summer and fall. And one is a snapshot on the state of child care in the state of Utah. And then another one, we're doing an analysis of legal protections for women. But one other quick thing I just want to add is that companies, people may be hearing this and think it's so hard to get women. There are research studies and best practices out there on how companies have really engaged, changed their culture. So especially in tech companies, they're very masculine in their culture. And they don't even see it because they're guys. But there's ways to do things. There's great resources. People are welcome to email me. Uh, We have a lot of resources. So companies can, can actually make more money by really um, and having have a better, know, more know inclusive. how to prospect for the yeah. women that are out there as well. What is your email address? So uh, you can email me at Madsen, S-U, M-A-D-S-E-N-S-U at U-V-U dot E-D-U. Okay. I want you to do that if you have any questions or go to utwomen.org, the Utah Women and Leadership Project ongoing. You can learn more about that there. Dr. Susan Madsen from Utah Valley University from the Woodbury School of Business. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum.